2021 and we are back. Welcome to the Ocho Bowl podcast. I'm very pleased to join you from my living room as always. I'm Steve Mann, the not quite more recent champion, but former champion of the Ocho Bowl, joined by Chris Keane. How are you, Keeney? Steven, Andrew, pleasure to be back on the podcast for 2021. Looking forward to it. Great to have you in the commish, the reigning champ, the man who builds the spreadsheets and sends out the Google forms and comes up with the rules and comes up with the much anticipated draft order competitions or whatever you call them. I don't really know. Draft order determinators, which we'll find out a bit more tonight. How are you, Kamish? Oh, pretty good. Been hard at work in the off season at the Ocho headquarters, working on all the things for, uh, to make 2021 season better than ever. And before we continue, I've got a, Congratulations, oh. <laughs> a second child and a wedding oh, yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, we, we felt, I can't speak for Keeney, but we did talk about this, so I can. Um, <laughs> Keeney and I both felt like, as co-hosts of the podcast, we were drastically dipping a long way behind you as the Ocho Bowl Championship to your name in 2021, <laughs> so we thought we'd try and match it. So Keeney went and got married and I went and had a kid. So it's still probably not at your level, but you know, closing the gap a little. I hear yeah, you're no trying way, to convince no your way. wife uh, one kid per Ochoval Championship. Is that correct, Manny? Well, yeah. I don't know if we can afford that, but um, <laughs> we'll actually, no, quite the contrary. I always had my, my mind on six, so I'm going to have to win a couple, a few more championships. Say, when have you booked in for the snips, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it, it's good to be back. Um, how's the, you mentioned Ocho Bowl headquarters, Kamish. How is the Ocho Bowl headquarters with Ben having moved out? Is it feeling a little empty? Oh, yeah, a bit empty. Um, you know, there's less random swearing coming from down the hallway and, um, you know, loving embraces of, of uh, Lamar just being yelled out at random times at night. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, and Keeney, married life, going to impact your fantasy ability much do you reckon uh look i'd be concerned if it did um <laughs> no look I'm, I'm uh i'm i'm looking forward to it because look if i'm in the doghouse i can always go to the back room anyway and just that's when the real red zone sort of stuff kicks in so <laughs> if anything it, it might enhance it gonna go start a fight every sunday night before yeah. you go to bed yeah it's part of the strategy <laughs> well we're all about playing checkers as opposed to, well, no, we're about playing chess, not checkers. So out of form, very, very rusty in the <laughs> rusty. Off season. Um, mm. we've, got, we've got a few things to cover tonight. However, one thing I did in full transparency in preparation for today, jump onto the Ocho Bowl podcast just to get a bit of a feel for what, what it was like and what we talked about because I couldn't really remember it. it was a while ago. And I, without a word of a lie, I had about five minutes between meetings today and I thought all right, I'm just going to quickly listen to a random five minutes of it and just get my head back in the zone knowing that we're recording tonight but I chucked on the last episode which was the season review and I with our word of a lie to you just scrolled it to about two and a half hours in and switched it on and it was some of the best gold I've ever heard in that we had Michael Confucius Cummins <laughs> on there just making predictions left right and center about stuff which i i don't i don't even know why we're asking because not most of it had nothing to do with the uh you know nfl season or the fantasy season but if anyone wants to listen to it two hours 40 minutes into the most recent episode <laughs> two predictions he made that were just wildly off the mark he he was going on about how there was absolutely no chance of the Bucks winning the Super Bowl, the Chiefs would just completely smash him out of the water. He also got that one wrong. He then went on to go on about how bad the demons were shaping up for this year in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> just how depressing it was to be a Melbourne supporter with no light at the end of the game. But then he redeemed himself because out of nowhere, he called out Hunter Henry to New England. Oh, wow. Remembering we recorded this literally before the Super Bowl, so the season was still going. So uh, we made some reference about him taking Hunter Henry first pick or something next year, and he goes, oh, I don't think he'll be at the Chargers. And I'm like, oh, yeah, where's he going to be? Oh, Patriots, I reckon. Uh, <laughs> very the man, <laughs> yeah, the man has intimate knowledge of the Chargers. It's borderline. 
scary at times. Um, the, the, the one thing that the one thing that kind of um, stood out to me when you were talking about reminiscing about last year's pods and stuff is I kind of forgot that every one of our pods went for four and a half hours. So <laughs> when you said I scrolled to the two hour forty minute two hour forty minute mark, I was like, oh, that's right. We probably still have another two hours to go. Well, I, I wanted to find something, yeah, that was about halfway, just to sort of get a feel for what it was like when we really yeah. hit our straps. So, exactly. You know when you just sort of you scroll to about midpoint? Yeah. That was what I did. But no, it was good to get come on and find form. Also funny to hear him talking about the fact that he, number one, never listened to the podcast. Number two, didn't do any trades. And we were going on about how the fact that he hates the trade, won't refuse the trade. And as Kenny and I know being in the dynasty league with him, that man has gone absolutely berserk over the past few months with his trading. So it'll be interesting to see which version of Camo we get this year in the Ocho. And and to the Ocho Bowl League members, so much so he's put a he's put a dry July ban on himself in that other <laughs> league because he was that, that's how much he was trading. So he's literally told himself to pull his head in, pull his own head in, and <laughs> and stop trading because he just he can't help himself, and he's just um, his his team is. It's it's uh, it's actually interesting to look at how many changes he's actually made. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's another leak. But just gives you a bit of uh, a bit of an insight into Camo's mind and the mysterious ways of one Michael Cummins. He's uh, he's definitely gone off the rails. So a few exciting announcements tonight, which is why we're going with a bit of an out of nowhere mid off season podcast, which unfortunately probably won't hit our usual three to four or five hour (laughs) length running time. Uh, However, absolutely jam-packed full of action because the commission, as mentioned from the top, has been busy in the off-season, crunching the numbers and doing the surveys and planning meticulously how we're going to determine our draft order. So, commission, a few announcements from you tonight. Uh, Where do you want to start? Uh, So, we'll start with the change to the rosters. So, um, uh, first, so with the poll... Uh, adding a third wide receiver, 10 to 2 that got up. So third mm-hmm. wide receivers in. Do you um, get to know who voted against on these things? Interested just to see uh, at an individual level. Uh, oh, so, yeah, we don't need to name and shame, but and while, just, while, just you're, curious. While, <clears throat> while you're scrolling. So that's I assume that's adding an extra field position. So an yep. extra player on the field. Mm. And then add, as well as that, uh, adding a super flex also got up. Seven to five. Oh, so wow. Two extra field positions. Um, so I did a bit of, I, because I've never done a super flex, I had a look at a couple of mock drafts today in preparation and it, it looked pretty interesting. Like one that had 12 quarterbacks going in the first four rounds, where what do we normally have? Maybe two in the first four. I think it was three last year with Josh Allen, which is hot. Um, mm. <laughs> and then uh, wow. adding an extra bench spot also got up as well. So the draft to be 18 rounds this year. I was going to say, so three extra players Fantastic. in total. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you that um, Superflex is, from my point of view, I think it makes it very interesting. It, it kind of values the quarterback in an appropriate way. Um, I don't know what you think, Steve, but um, yeah, I find it, it the, the strategies will change um, in the draft, no doubt, based on Superflex and... Um, a welcome addition for me. It's interesting. It, it, I think it just changes the way people are going to think about who they take early, um, which is always a good thing for the league, I think. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I would agree. i very excited by anything that just fundamentally changes how the league works and how the draft's going to run because it just like shakes things up. And I agree. I think the Superflex just adds a lot more excitement into your week. You just get two quarterbacks. You sort of, it means you've got two chances at someone putting up a massive score. So very excited in what it will do for the draft. I think it will make the season more entertaining. My other observation is 18 rounds. Dale Michaelis going to have to pick about 12 players he's never heard of. <laughs> uh, and there's going to have to be some tactical dinner arrangements, isn't there? With 18 <laughs> rounds. Like, you can't just roll into a burrito at round three or something. <laughs> Yes, Ben's already starting to get his menus out of his desk and yeah. some carbo loading before the draft. But yeah, could have two last year. Yeah, there, there could be two meals in this. This could be a bit of a marathon. On on a serious note, I actually think people um, will underestimate 
um, the differences within the league when you do have super flex in the in the fact that you know you go through a normal league and go, well, I can just grab whatever off the waiver wire. I can just grab a QB to fill in this week, whatever he'll do the job. I can tell you in super flex there won't be a QB on the waiver wire to grab um, because you got to play two every week. So if you think about it, there's going to be 24 gone, not too many on the waiver wire that are worth starting. So um, another another reason why I think it's a, an interesting change. Hmm. Interesting what it does to Fab as well, because say you get yeah. like a Dak Prescott injury like last year, suddenly that backup is worth gold. Yeah. So it just usually Fab is like, oh, there's a running back who's suddenly taken over the role or wide receiver showing a bit of promise. Yeah, it'll mix things up in a lot of ways. It should be good. Hmm. Yeah, just on those mocks that I was looking at as well, it's certainly like where because you've got those quarterbacks in those early picks, it opens up, like, if you want to go three running backs early, like, there was one I saw where they got, like, uh, it was, like, mixing um, someone out, like, two of the, three of the top 15 running backs. Mm. So if you're Woodsy out there and you want your running back heavy strategy, um, you know, you're going to get better running backs than you probably would in a non-super flex. Then, obviously, mm. you've then got to make up that quarterback difference somewhere. Mm. Interesting wow. to see what Fitzy does because there's a lot of obviously he loves drafting the old blokes. There's a lot of very aging quarterbacks that going around the league. He's going to be able to sort of hit right any sweet spot and pick up some forty year olds. Was there any? Was this um these these rankings? Was that through Fantasy Pros? Like I'm I'm just interested to see kind of what what their suggestion would be and how that's going to probably um, um so it was guide, just a guide Woodsy going forward. It was just a YouTube draft, so it wasn't a. Uh, anything that exciting. Okay. Well, I might log on to Fantasy or maybe give them the email so that we can just really <laughs> in advance know exactly how Woodsy's going to draft. <laughs> just hack in and change the change the rankings. And, he, he, you know, he's going to take eight kickers by the 10th round sort of stuff. So what do we got next, Kamish? Uh, so just some admin. So the draft date, uh, so the 2nd of September, which is a Thursday night. Um, we're going to give props to... So literally every day had someone who was a hard no, um, but then Fitzy, the gentleman that he is, has managed to reschedule whatever he had on that date. Um, so yeah, on Thursday the second, um, and then if something happens and we can't do that, then uh, Thursday the 9th of September would be the backup. But ideally, everything goes through on the second. You, you know, uh, just just live on the pod. You know, Thursday the second of September will be the first final in the AFL. Uh, well, hopefully no one's teams are in it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can confidently uh, say after last night that North will be in it. So <laughs> we're premiership favourites at the moment. So it's a shame. But hopefully we probably get a Saturday game, so we'll be okay. Um, and then so the entry fee, which was on the earlier survey, um, is up to $75. And then this year there was a... Uh, additional $25 for the championship belt, uh, which the the Smiths here at the Ochoval Championship uh, headquarters are hard at work on at the moment. You might hear some hammers rattling in the background. Um, Curious, then, Andrew, just with that belt, is it kind of a WCW, WWE style belt or is it sort of a forged by fire in the dungeons of Mordor? Lord of the Rings, you know, special powers belt, because obviously I know you like to play with the, the dark <laughs> spirits it, and the seance sort of stuff. Or is it, it, it is a Ocho Bowl original belt. That's all I'm going to give you until the big reveal. It, it, Steve, it might just be like an RM Williams, like a nice snazzy formal belt. Well, yeah, it, just... it could be the old <laughs> Nelson Muntz extension cord for all we yeah. know. It's... For, the, <laughs> for the price that we paid for it, look, it, it's going to be a good looking belt. I can tell you that. Mm. 25 ahead. Jeez, that's not bad. 300 bucks for a belt. It's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Um, and then, so with the changes to the, so the first and second still the same. First year, 500 bucks. Um, second, 50 bucks. And then we got rid of the highest score for the season because there's now just a weekly top scorer of $25. Um, each week? Is that each week, is it? Each week, yeah. Nice. I like it. No, so there's absolutely. no was there was there any consideration to having a, a prize for second or, or third maybe a prize for third being a fantasy pro subscription for the following year? Uh, look, we could probably 
Yeah. Uh, well, shouldn't that go to last? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. correlation's pretty high. The, yeah. $500 is. Yeah, you're true. $500 is, is tempting and all, but I feel like the biggest prize on the line this year is the Fitzy tattoos. Oh, I oh, can we refresh the listeners on that, please? Well, yeah. So I believe, Andrew, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you and Cam have agreed to get Fitzy tattoos. I think yours was on your wrist from memory or yeah. ankle maybe, a wrist, yeah. Um, Fitzy tattoos, a uh, couple of different options to be chosen from if Fitzy makes the playoffs with obviously no collusion or interference going on. Cartoon Fitzy, wasn't it? Picture of Fitzy being yeah. cartoon for we'll, we'll get a proper tattoo artist to design it. I'm no artist. No, no, no fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, one of the greatest kind of commissioner efforts ever. Like <laughs> one thing you want as a commissioner is for the league not to get stale. This is going to keep the league <laughs> interested every minute of every day. If, if anyone like ever leaves the league after after this happens, it's just, <laughs> they've, they've got no sense of fun. But yeah, league engagement. Death is the only way out. Yeah. yeah. All-time high. League engagement. Uh, that is phenomenal. If we did like a bit of one of those corporate culture surveys for the league, I reckon <laughs> we just numbers would be off the charts. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what's, what's next for us, Kamish? Uh, so keeper rules. So switching to the keeper. Um, so people voted that um, the value based, which is sort of the standard for keeper, um, be the primary option. Um, I was shocked the AFL style one didn't get more love. But uh, that was yeah the bottom, and then straight keeper um, sort of got the uh, was in the middle. Um, so I've had a look at a bunch of different keeper rules and this is what I've come up with that from what I can see would be the most fun, uh, with these rules, if we don't like them, I think we're going to have them for at least two years so that any draft decisions you make this year, like the rules don't suddenly change next year. And then you're like, well, I made them based on these rules. Can I, can I just say before you go on, mate, um, I don't know. So, are you planning to bring these rules in this year? Yeah. So it would be. Well, so you that, can't. So players you draft this year can be kept next year. You can't keep players from last year. Yeah, correct. Because otherwise, yeah. it's a massive advantage if you had Mahomes, for example. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like Ben wouldn't have traded Jefferson to me. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so uh, you can keep up to three players. You don't have to keep any play if you don't want to. Um. Keeping a player costs the draft draft pick that was used the previous year plus three rounds. Um, so the example I've got, uh, the examples are based on last year's draft. Um, so Reese drafted Cam in the 13th round. So it cost him a 10th rounder to keep him this year. And then the next year it would cost him a seventh rounder. And that's um, if he chose to keep him again. Yeah. Or alternatively, um, he could keep a different player or three different players. Yeah. So um, here you go. Uh, and so then the pick that you use to keep them has to be your initial pick in that round. So if you have pick 37, you can't trade back mm. to pick 48 to use as a keeper. I specifically Smart. brought that in because of Keeney's previous draft shenanigans. That's <laughs> your mistake, Keeney. You used your tactics in the AFL draft, <laughs> wasted them there yeah. instead of saving them for where it really matters. I was playing chess um, long before. Yeah, you so were. if something does happen and you trade your pick, you can still use a keeper, but you have to use a higher pick than what you've used. So the main reason I brought this in is if you pick someone in the fourth round, then you know, everyone should want to get a higher pick or whatever. So it's if you get the first pick, then trading back to twelve, you would get a yeah, you know, yeah a good yeah. pick for it. Whereas, gotcha. um, yeah, so it's yeah, just to keep things fair in that regard. Yeah. Um, and so if you did happen to trade that pick back, you'd then have to use a higher pick, like a round three pick. Yeah, or if you traded in another pick, it would have to just be... So if you have pick 37 as the example, you have to use pick 37 or a higher pick. Yep. Um, if you have two players in the same round that you want to keep, uh, you can still keep them both, but then one of them just costs four rounds instead of three. So in this case, if Dale wanted to keep Cortland Sutton, if he'd kept him on his roster, and DK Metcalf this year, if he took them both in the fifth, one to cost him a second rounder and the other one to cost him a first. Yep. Um, 
if a player is traded, then they still retain their original draft position. So Tyler Boyd, Woodsy traded him to Cam this year. Uh, if Cam then wanted him to keep him, it would cost him a third rounder because Woodsy drafted him in the sixth. Right. So the recipient of the player, if I trade in a player during the season, he then counts for me as a keeper if I want to keep him. As yeah, his, tra- his draft him. position is still the same, even if he's traded. Um, yep. um, a player that's added off waivers, if you want to keep them the next year, um, they cost a 10th rounder. So if Ooh. they were never drafted, um, and you, so I'm trying to think what's the Jacksonville running back that I've James Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. So if um, um, Reese wanted to keep James Robinson, it would cost him a 10th rounder this year and a seventh rounder. Uh, I chose the 10th rounder because then you get, you can keep him for three years. Um, so it's because if you can't, if they take it in the first three rounds, then obviously you can't pay can't for it because you can't, yeah. you don't have more than a first rounder. So that way you can keep a. Um... Okay. So if you draft someone in the first three rounds, they're not a keeper. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you can't keep anyone in the first three rounds. Right, that, okay. That's why there's no limit on how long you can keep a player. It's just you keep paying the extra cost and eventually they'll go back to the pool. Yeah, right. Okay. I was going to say, like, be almost smart to take Mahomes 101 and just have him for however long you want to have him for. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just stop. Yeah, just loading yeah, up on that like first that. round player. Yeah. Um, if a player is drafted before the tenth round and then they're cut and re-added, they still keep their initial draft value. So in this case, uh, the example. So Cortland Sutton again. Uh, Dale picked him up in the fifth, but then he was cut because he did his ACL. If someone then picked him up at the end of the season, um, he would still be worth a fifth rounder, not a tenth rounder. So it's yep. essentially just so the teams don't just start picking up players that are injured at the end of the season yeah, to try sure. and get them as a tenth rounder. They still keep their draft value. Um, yeah. So any of these after Maybe. the tenth round, though, yeah. then they count yeah. as a tenth rounder because okay. then it's the opposite. We don't want people just picking up, you know, filling their roster full of guys, hoping that you know someone gets injured during the off season or something. So it's. Um, you know, someone taking in the 18th round, you take a fire and you have to keep them on your roster the whole year if you want them to be worth an 18 rounder the next year. If you cut them and pick them back up again, they go back to a 10. Gotcha. Yep. Um, was- and probably the most controversial one, but I think it has to be done, is we do need to bring a trade deadline. Um, just because it's, if you have the keeper rules, part of it, I think, is that you've got to make the decision on whether you're going for the playoffs or whether you're pushing or you're going to sort of settle for next year. Whereas if you don't have a trade deadline, you can sort of push that right to the last round. And then like Manny, where you know, you're in playoff contention until the last round of the season this year, where it, with the keeper, you know, you could have traded for good players then in the last round traded away from them straight away. So it's, there has to be a certain point where you have to make that decision on, am I going to go all in this year? Or, you know, you have to have that strategy, I think. Otherwise it's, I don't think it sort of devalues a bit of the purpose of being able to have those keepers and those trades. Makes a lot of sense. Very well thought through, Kamish. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to get through there for everyone, but um, I think obviously the Kamish will put that document out for everyone to read through because there is a bit in that. So, um, But, yeah, I agree. I like that. First look at it, it looks like a pretty fair system to me um, and should should make the league pretty fun anyway. I think the key yeah. addition is always good fun. Yeah, well, I'll post these up and then I'll, again, if you have any questions, just shoot me a message about them or during the season, if you're, if you're a bit lost and want to know someone's value, just let me know and I'll, I'll keep track of all that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I've been running these past havers to make sure it all sounds correct. And Ooh, yeah, he's got a bit of advanced notice. Uh, he's got a good mind oh, for great mind. So I got to get his opinion before I run it past the league. I have one question. Have you ever heard of Microsoft Word? You're doing your <laughs> documents in Notepad. Well, Obviously. I already knew all the I was just writing it out to... But, um, but still, like, what, Notepad? Is it do you do your housing? It's not, not 1994. You don't have Office at all. No. I, if I need to use Office, I'm like, I'll just use my uh, VDI and log into work. Like, if I use it for work, I don't use Office outside of work. Well, that's um, each to their own, I guess. 
Maybe you need to win a couple more years worth and just pad <laughs> that bank balance a bit, get yourself an offer subscription. Um, now I think it's time for the fun part, the, the game to decide um, draft All right. order. All right. I'm tipping we're not about to see a PowerPoint, Keeney. Well, yeah. And uh, I was actually going to see gonna... a Google Sheet. I was actually going to ask, like, no, if you've watched the league, they often do a kind of athletic kind of event. We're not, we're not going down that track, are we? No. This, this oh, is... what? I've been oh, training, gone is... for runs for 15 years, <laughs> hoping this was coming. Tell me it's not. I can no, see so what's happening here. I gave, I gave spoilers last year, but this was always going to, it was, this was going to be last year's, and now it's this year's. It's uh, Olympic base. So, um, what we're about to do is I've picked 12 countries. Um, so I haven't picked Russia because half their athletes could decide not to go next week. Um, so I've picked 12 countries that I think are the most fun. Um, and then we're going to do a draw and everyone gets a country. Um, and then obviously you get points when your team wins a medal. But then you obviously you think well, whoever gets USA is going to win. So I've got a couple of predictions and then I've used those to give each team a multiplier. So at a base level, so if you get USA, a gold medal's worth three points, a silver's worth two points, and then a bronze medal's worth one point. Every That's for everyone. But then if you get... So the next country is China, and their multiplier is 1.4. So essentially every time they get a medal, they're worth 1.4 times what the US will get. So if China gets a gold, they get 4.2, 2.8 for a silver, 1.4 for a bronze, and then... They obviously goes up and then the lowest country is New Zealand. So if they get a gold, it's worth 19 and a half points, um, 13 points for a silver and six and a half for a bronze. Um, so it's, I originally had it as a straight handicap, but I think Jeez. this is a bit more fun because it sort of keeps everyone much in. Well, wow. I, I tell you what, this is um, for the listeners at home that can't see, this is not just being slapped together willy nilly. <laughs> this is some scientific thought has gone into this. He's even got, um events through the olympics some of which i've never heard of um and he's got medal chances and who he who he's predicting could win a medal in sort of some i don't know what sailing and yeah uh, he's got the men's team ep and, there whatever that is what, what is uh, that's the one i caught my eye the the, the team ep I've uh, never heard a, of that in my life uh, uh, tam epi it's a fencing event so i oh, went through and i found so for, each, for each country, I found five uh, medal chances. Um, so and I got the date along. and the time that's shown in Australia. That um, is next level. Just so that, um, and I th- if I've got time during the next week, I'm going to try and go through and find a couple of the events where, you know, the, the countries that we've got here um, are going up against each other so that we can, events that play a big role in the draft position, oh, we know what to look out for wow. as well. I mean, um, look at some of the like the men's 49er sailing. I've never, <laughs> never really been one to follow the sailing, but that looks like something that Kyle Shanahan's got his fingers all over. <laughs> um, but um, I'm surprised that's New Zealand with the big chance. Your, yeah, your favourites do check mate. out. I see. I, I was sort yeah. of wondering where the list was legitimate, but I scrolled well, my eyes down and saw Lee Das Ackfrauen, the old... Germans women's eight rowing champion. So if she's listed yeah. there, I can tell you've done your research. Uh, oh. So Das Ackfrauen is actually the eight ladies, which I then translated to German. Oh. Well, there goes <laughs> clearly. I was making it up. <laughs> um, what about also got it, so at the moment, because there's no medal count for this year, this is just has last Olympics in there. But then once the medal count goes up, this will auto update from Wikipedia. So Whenever you want to check the score, I'll send out this link and you'll just be able to go on and see where you're currently, what your draft position is, what your score is. Um, so it should be a fun two weeks, I think. What about um, Lee Wenwen in the weightlifting 87 kilos for women's? Now, that's on a Monday here in Australia between 12.50 and 3 p.m. I'll probably take the day off um, just so I can just so I can get around that. that... Uh, that's actually... Lee Wenwen is one of my bets of the tournament. I'm waiting for them to put yeah, up the see? odds. Yeah, she's all, But my she's theory, huge. so in that event, it's uh, she's competing against the New Zealander 
transgender woman mm. and i feel like there's going to be a lot of money for the transgender woman in either mm. people who don't agree with that she should be competing um and are like oh, i'm going to put money on her because she used to be a man or people who uh, are supporting her because she's the first transgender athlete mm. but lee win win is the current world record holder and she's 22 in prime weightlifting age so correct that's plus you get you get the disqualification bonus when you know the the left nut pops out of the suit um which is which is always sort of like a little free roll i find especially in the women's weightlifting clearly yeah yeah i'm I'm getting a little nervous though because there's a couple there are you you're all over this mate i'm scared yeah jesus christian taylor i've uh, he's he's going to be competing in the triple jump men's unfortunately i've got a a leadership offsite day for work that day, which I'm going to have to cancel now because I can't <laughs> miss the triple jump. Um, and similarly, I think I had a, an overnight conference when Malaika Mahimbo is going to be in the women's long jump. And so obviously that's another one. Just won't be able to do that. Sorry. Uh, sorry, business, but well, there's more important things out there clearly. Now, uh, have you looked, have you looked at kind of the odds to formulate your little multiplier or is what, what's that based off? So I found two metal predictors. Um, so I've got the metal predictors, so the two lots of metal predictors and average them out and then use that to work out that. So then got the Americas amount using the three, two, one system. And then it's just what percentage you would need to times the other countries to get to America's amount. Nice. Right. So Interestingly, you're not, you're competing against expectations rather than, yeah, so you want countries that are going to do better than what they're expected. So, yeah. like, Netherlands are expected to do pretty well. But, like, if you, you compare it to the last want, Olympics... You almost don't want the US? What was that? Sorry? You almost don't want the US? Uh, I mean, I think... I think they're I think safe. Have fun, no matter which country you get. But they're different. Yeah. Like, the US is kind of, like, small increments of fun. Well, if you get New Zealand, like, it's... Like, New Zealand and Hungary and South Korea are sort of, like hit or miss like you could yeah. if they do better than expected they get two more golds you're probably going to get like a pick two or three but then yeah. you sat on a couple they should get and you're looking at pick 12 because yeah. well, you won't be picking in the back third if you get america if you get the usa i'm guessing it'll it's a it's a pretty solid floor with a chance to get in the top five yeah um, i mean i so? honestly i have no idea like i've just done so, off these random predictions i found online so it's so the biggest question i've got is is there an event to find out who gets which country uh i've made a specialty ocho bowl country selector oh yes wow <laughs> if only this is a, a visual platform yes it's a uh, so I'm going to randomize the oh, order. Are doing we... it now? Yeah, we're doing it right now. <laughs> this is why we earn the big I've... bucks. Guys, I've got, the odds. I've got the odds up for each medal country as well. <laughs> so if you just wanted to look at kind of the over-under of medals, gold uh, medals. So randomize. So we're going to go. Before we, just before you draw the first one, uh, Andrew, can I just ask the two of you, who do you think is the best country to get? Pick one because I, I, I I'll, take China. I'll share first. You'll take China. Yeah, I reckon yeah. China's not bad. Um, I, I like so interesting. I saw Great Britain based on last time would have doubled the score of everybody else. That's of course the the pretty traditional when you have a home Olympics, you invest and you get really good, and then it kind of carries on for one to two Olympics. But I reckon Great Britain will still be on the tail end of that wave. So I reckon they'd be the one I'd be after. Yeah, um, I don't know, like. I think New Zealand are going to be pretty good this, like they've got a lot of rowing um, and a couple of other events that they're going to be pretty decent at. So, um, but then you got to support New Zealand. So it's pretty know, massive it's, multiplier, 20 times, basically 19.5 for gold. Yeah. So China's China's over under for gold medals is 36 and a half. That's so on, that seems, yeah. that seems so high. Yeah, so that's about what this has come out with. So one yeah, prediction right. had him at 33, one at 38. So average to 36. There you go. Um, Simple, mate. Right. System works. All right, let's draw them. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, Seems fair. So we've got Jared coming up first. Suspense. Uh, 
Jared has oh yeah, he's pulled the home country, Australia. Oh, good start. Wow. Jared. Well done. And types it into the spreadsheet. All right. Who's next? Uh, Ben's next, and he's pulled the Kiwis, New Zealand. Starting in Oceania and working our way outwards. (laughs) Uh, Havers is up next. I'm last. I get the leftovers. I've just noticed. Sorry. Havers has got Wee Wee, the Frenchman. Oh, Wee Wee. By the way, everyone at home, this is a box with ping pong balls that he's written the countries on. (laughs) <laughs> he wrote Ocho Ball Selector on the front as well. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Fitzy's up next and he's got the Netherlands. Oh, you Ooh. said they were primed and in a year where well, year everyone's going to have one eye on Fitzy, yeah, that's a really big gap for him. That's Book uh, in, mate. <laughs> Dale, the Germans. Oh, oh the Germans. Dale's always likes the Germans. Does some of his best work in Germany. A friend of the three, podcast, Michael three Cummins, big up next. Three Come big on. countries still there. Great Britain. There's one Ooh, of them. Oh, that's the one. All the luck goes to come out. Gone from luckiest man last year to luckiest man <laughs> this year already, in my opinion. Uh, enemy of the podcast, Woodsy, up next. Oh, no. <laughs> USA. Yeah, he's going to get Italian because he always wanted to be Italian. He always speaks with a fake accent. He's got the home country, Japan. Oh, uh, that's handy. Yeah. A bias. Don't mind that. Great advantage. Um, who's up? Uh, Reese up next. Uh, Italy. Italia. Very good. All right. So with four to go, we've got the three of us in Cam. And the remaining USA countries. And so is China. USA, China, <laughs> Hungary, and South Korea. A little bit of opposite. Nothing sus. Nothing sus here, guys. So I'm up next. Draw it fair. USA. Oh, it's, just, it's just so predictable. It is Funny so how you took that one with your other hand from behind your back instead. <laughs> you know. oh. um, so Manny's up next. China. Yeah, there we go. Of course. Don't mind that. Don't know if I like it, though. Would have preferred some of the others. I don't think I've ever won a draw. Also, cheering for China has sort of mixed connotations at the moment. Yeah. Um, so Cam's up next. So there's South Korea and Hungary left. So whoever, whichever one Cam doesn't get, uh, Keeney will get. So Cam gets South Korea. Oh. You did uh, open the program, been... Keeney, talking about dinner. So Hungary is probably an appropriate yeah, choice for you. It is true. I mean, um, they're, they're, they're not even on the betting market. So that's how many gold they're predicted to win. <laughs> so I'm pretty pumped with that. Thanks. If people do want to trade, You've got to the opening ceremony to trade. Once Ooh. that torch is lit, you cannot trade. That's the rule. Hungary's on the table. <laughs> it's on the trade block. I'm just going to no, sit like on it. this podcast and, and try and before I publish well, it, I'm going to just work on Jared for the trade to <laughs> Australia. <laughs> oh, I've got the individual medley, the kind of men's hammer throw, the kayaking, the water pole, a bit of diversity there for the Hungarians. And a nice schedule break too. I can just, I think we're on early here, 24th of July. I might be hitting the front early. I like that. Just try and hold on. <laughs> well, yeah. A lot of, lot, lot of good names there. Should be make an even more exciting Olympics. I know we all love Olympics anyway, but I didn't yeah. think you could probably go any better than the marble races, Andrew, but I reckon you might have just done that. Yeah, this yeah, is I exciting. Think, I know. When I was working on this, I'm just like, this is going to be great. Like, it's, I don't know, I love the Olympics anyway. So I'm, I'm going to be watching anyway. But this is just, it's the, the, the shot of whiskey in your coffee. It's just going to take it to the next <laughs> level. Very exciting. Well, we'll, I assume once the podcast's out, everyone's had a chance to listen to the reveal. We'll, we'll obviously publish these somewhere as well. Yeah. Have you organized? the specifics of the draft we've obviously got a date are we are we live drafting and do we have a location if so or are we doing thursday night we'll probably just do it over um zoom again still an auction uh no the auction got voted down disgraceful (laughs) what was the voting what was the the numbers in that one please 
It was uh, like four to eight. Disgraceful. Uh, there's always next year, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. Well, uh, I think being a blockbuster episode, very un our style to just pack it full of actual useful information. But just before we close out, now that we've seen the draws, give us your tip for pick one, your tip for pick two, and your tip for twelve. Looking at those countries there, can you put the list up again? Who got what? Ah, uh, it's. So running through it again, oh, we've sorry, got Kummer with Great Britain, Havers with France, Dale with Germany, Andrew with the USA, Reese with Italy, Ben with New Zealand, Cam with South Korea, Keeney with Hungary, me with China, Jared with Australia, Woodsy with Japan, and Fitzy with the Netherlands as he makes his bid for tattoo immortality. Uh, so, so I'm gonna Nish, go... what's your, your one, two, pick one, pick two, and pick 12? Pick one. I'm going to go Woodsy. I think even with the extra predictions, I just think Japan, like the home country always overperforms. And like, even without a home crowd, you know, they're still at home. They're still, this is what they've been preparing for for the last eight years. Um, Two, I'm going to go, I think New Zealand. I think the Kiwis are going to be pretty good this year um, from everything I've read. All of this is just based off random articles I've found. And then um, I'm actually going to go, I think, Great Britain. I think they're going to be picked. I've gone the other way from you, uh, Manny. I just think that they're going to have a massive drop-off and some of the events that, like the track cycling, it looks like the um, Norwegian, like it was, well, I can't remember who, but like a lot of the events they used to dominate, they're um, sort of dropping off. So I think, yeah, the could be a rough one for him. Mm. What about yourself, Kenny? Um, yeah, look, I think I think China's the pick of them. Um, so Manny, I, I like your odds to have a nice early pick. Um, I'm with you, Andrew, with uh, Japan. I agree with the home country Olympics. Um, kind of get all the favors. Um, you know, sleep in your own bed. There's a lot of science behind that and they'll overperform, no doubt. And if this is based on kind of achieving over expectation, then I think the Japs are a great chance to do so. Um, I'm just, I'm just kind of looking for a, for a team that I think um, might struggle a little bit. And I've, I've somehow stumbled upon, and this, this is bad because it's, it's year of the Fitzy, but I've stumbled upon the, the Netherlands and, um, and there's no real reason or science behind it other than I'm looking at kind of the events that they're supposed to be competitive in. Um, f- women's field hockey like that, like that could go, that could go, you know, to a shootout. They could lose in a heartbreaking fashion. You got the women's 1500 meter running. I mean, they're mental midgets, the women's runners. Um, you got the, like the X sailing. I don't know what that is. Yeah, and you've got a men's time trial in cycling. They're just dodgy events that I don't oh, think you can t- lock t- in. Tom Dumoulin, you know I mean? he's good. But Tom Dumoulin's good, but there's a lot of good cyclists. They're riding and, around. And, the and when you're big. talking about Dorian Van Rischelberg, um, yeah. like when you've got that many vowels in your last name, can you really be trusted? Well, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm hearing things about Dorian that he's just mentally fragile. Um, apparently went out on a boat at the start of COVID because he just didn't really want to be amongst the population during a pandemic and... So he sort of comes back into shore and they put him amongst the favourites, but who knows what he was doing out there at sea. Yeah, and that's the kind of, you know, mindset you just can't have when you're, you know, entered into the men's RSX sailing um, no, in, right. in Japan. Um, so there's no doubt in my mind that the Netherlands have got a bit of work to do. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Steve? Uh, you've kind of convinced me. I was going to have a little <laughs> talk, but <laughs> I, was, I was going to say, I think it is the year of the fits, but I kind of, sold i reckon um yeah the, the the one thing that you always could kind of lay down as air was that the netherlands were going to have some strength in the pool the old you know van der hoogen band doing his best work over the years but the best chance is renomi kromid and i reckon if, <laughs> if you're literally rolling around with a made-up name and that's the best your country's got to offer. I don't reckon you're in them for the best year. So I'm going to go with you that the Netherlands are pick 12 and Fitzy's going to be doing it from the turn. 
which I think is is obviously you know, it's not all done. Um, the team I'm going to go for for second, I reckon. Obviously, the announcement was made during the week that there's no spectators at the Japanese Olympics, and I think that's one that's you know controversial. Some people thrive off the crowd. Obviously, very controversial around the, you know, the finances of hosting the Olympics and all that sort of thing. But I reckon there's one person it might work for, and that's a women's golfer from South Korea by the name of Parkin Bay. Um, I reckon if if your biggest issue going into the Olympics was finding a car spot and all of a sudden <laughs> there's no one competing with you, you're just going to be absolutely cherry ripe. So I reckon Parkin Bay will probably win the golf ashore. And I reckon, you know, a few of her friends, Oh Sangook and Anne Baul uh, in the judo might just get him a few more golds. And with that big multiplier, that could get him a top two. Um, and then first, I, I can't go past the logic that the home team always does well. But I reckon in this instance, obviously, Japan, um, you know, they've, they've had some big moments in history. And what you typically see is this, the Koreans kind of come in straight after them and, you know, number two. And so history does love to repeat itself. So similarly to Japan doing a lot of stuff during World War II and the Koreans just getting into a smaller war afterwards, I reckon they're going to go one, two again. They're going to go mm. one, three, two. Uh, before we go, I'm going to do a the first on-air trade or oh, the first trade request of the season. Keeney, would you like to swap Hungary for USA? Um, I'll get back to you offline. <laughs> <laughs> but, but very likely. Got to do his research. Yeah, I got to do my research. I haven't, I need to, I haven't, I've got through the women's individual medley, haven't got to the men's hammer throw yet. But um, once I roll through that, I'll get back to you. Um, this is, this is probably overboard, but like even just looking at the Japanese um, gold medal hopes, like Naomi Osaka, she's a moral, like she's the only one who's going to care to win a tennis gold medal in Japan, like, and she's been wanting to win that for like ages. Like she, she rates that higher than any grand slam. So she'll be trying, like that's a, that's a moral. Mm. Um, and even the, I think the men's baseball team, they'll win it because they're just mm. traditionally really good. Although so, Japanese baseball teams and they on choke. home field, because the Japanese baseball field, probably not too widely known, but 4.4 <laughs> feet square, square meters. Sorry, 4.4 square feet smaller. Than your typical diamond, which of course, when it comes to rounding third and trying to make it for home, you've got to you know adjust your angles and mm. might just that little edge. Obviously, not not quite having a home crowd, but you know just having some home turf. Yeah, mm. no doubt. Train on it. Mm. Like it. What can you? Um, okay, I'll, how about this, Andrew? Obviously, you like something there in, at Hungary. And so just to appease you, I'll, I'll do that trade with you. Yes. And now you can tell me what you like about them. Uh, I just don't want to support the Americans. Oh, okay, right. I feel like, I, like, I feel like part of the Olympics is getting behind small country. I don't want to sit there and cheer for USA. That's no fun. I do. I will. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up and sing that glorious national anthem every time they win a gold, mate. <laughs> I'll bet you the national anthem goes for more than 110 seconds, King. <laughs> you know the other thing I've just realised that that's that's cost me a ton of a ton of work doing that. I'll be up watching the Olympics nonstop. Like they'll be in every event. I'll just won't be able to do any work at all. It's a disaster. The, the, the irony is, every single person will now spend. 100 hours watching Olympics. And if any one of us spent that 100 hours on studying NFL fantasy football form, because it's not watching the Olympics is not going to change our draft position. But if we actually spent that researching for the season, we'd be far better off. But no one will do it. Nah. Everyone will just... If it, I was going to watch 100 hours of the Olympics either way. So mm. I'm just bringing you all up to my level. Yeah, I like You're it. Bro. I think in Japan's perfect as well. If you think of time zone difference, oh, where we are in Australia. It's really good. It's, it's glorious, yeah. Well, look, I think a um, good place to probably end it for the, the ad hoc one-off big announcements episode of the Ocho Bowl podcast. And I, I don't think we could have gone bigger than that. Some 
some juicy updates there. People are going to be listening to this eight or nine times just to digest all the information. Um, so you will undoubtedly see some of this stuff posted on groups in the next few days or whenever everyone's listening to the podcast. We'll get into the tracking. So once it's been listened to by 12 individual people, we'll post it up. So there's your incentive. Um, Kimish, congratulations and thank you for all of the work. You're doing a brilliant job as always. Thanks for that. It's, you know, it's not a job if you love what you do. <laughs> and Keeney, um, thanks. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't do a heap. Um, but uh, when, yeah, when the, when the league members see kind of the work that's gone into this, they'll, uh, they'll appreciate uh, just how, how much time you spent on it, Andrew. So thanks, mate. That was um, outstanding. And it is Definitely good to be back in, in 2021, and I'll look forward to our next pod. I do. I, uh, I look forward to seeing what you'd be able to produce if you had actual software as well on your computer and you weren't just <laughs> typing on an MS-DOS black screen. So well nice. done. Thanks, boys. Look, looking forward to the Olympics and draft day in a couple of months' time as we gear back up for season 21. <laughs>